podcast of the Exorcist podcast and I'm your host GP Haggard. You may have seen uh, see me on the Dead Files, the movies Hell's Gate, A Haunting in Saginaw, Michigan, I've had cases on Paranormal Witness and My Ghost Story. And I'm here to here today uh, just teaching about deliverance and exorcism and also hoping that this information comes out to much of, many of you out there who are uh, suffering from demonic possession or haunting and be able to use this information to to help yourselves or if you are a Christian learning deliverance ministry that this will help you as well. My goal in my own personal ministry is to not only to help people suffering from demonic possession and hauntings, but to train up new exorcists and to send them out in the world and and uh, hope that you know there's more people that be able to do spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. So if you're listening to this on uh, YouTube. Make sure you click that subscribe button and uh, click that bell also so you get a notification of a new episode. Um, <clears throat> just a couple, just one uh, announcement. Uh, I am working on a new book, as I have explained in other podcasts, Anatomy of Demonic Possession. And sometimes as an author, you kind of get tired of writing the same book for a while. And so I decided to kind of make a companion type book on the side and I figured well it shouldn't take very long because I have a lot of information about the different demons that I have encountered um, and from what my fellow exorcists out there that I know of that have encountered them and what they have told me 
and compile it into one book. And so I like to announce that I'm, you know, first of all, there's a lot of definition of of demon books out there. You know, you look up a name and then you can see the the information about them. And they're very great. They're a lot. They're really good for uh, doing exorcisms. So you can, you know, the demon gives you their name. You can go and look up the the name of the demon and kind of get an idea of who you're dealing with. And they're very important. But the problem with those books that I have found over my three decades or so of doing deliverance ministry and exorcism is that they don't tell you how to weaken the demon. You know, you, gotta, you know, this is uh, this is Moloch, and you're this is the you know yada yada yada. Um, this is his methods of encroachment. They don't tell you how he gets into the person or into the life of the person and oppresses them. And they don't tell you the methods of doing an exorcism to weaken the demon so it's a lot easier to cast it out. And so as an exorcist myself, I've decided to create one of these dictionary books made from an exorcist because more than likely a lot of those books out there that have a definition of demons are not written by exorcists. Guarantee it. And it's got a lot of important information in there about them, but I think that this quite possibly may be the first. And I'm not really going to make it extensive. I'm only going to put the main demons in there, in this book, that you're going to be mostly dealing with. And one of those demons uh, coming up here I'm going to talk about, uh, especially is Jezebel. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I had, a, had an encounter with her today. You see, I've got so much experience in dealing with this particular demon, I can spot it right away. I know how she gets into people, I know how she ruins her life, and I know how to cast it out. And this is the toughest demon any exorcist is going to come up against. Just so you know, for all you new exorcists out there, this demon, the Jezebel spirit, is going to wreak havoc on your ministry. I, I talked to her about her in another podcast. And before I get into the subject of this podcast, I want to explain something that happened today. I'm really, <clears throat> I'm really sad that I couldn't share with you the thread, the comment thread that went on. And this is the kind of crap that I have to deal with in the paranormal community. And <clears throat> dealt with it six years ago when I was doing exorcism extensively, <clears throat> and I'm doing it's starting up again now. And if you're an exorcist and you're you're following you're truly following Christ <clears throat> and His teachings, Jesus said, if you love if you want to be my friend, follow my commandments. If you want to be you you know uh, if you want to follow me, you gotta <clears throat> excuse me. Um, follow my commandments and a lot of exorcists in the paranormal community are not doing that 
and I'll talk talk about that in a later a later podcast. And they're actually deceivers. So, <clears throat> so yeah, I'm I'm really going to be talking about them. Another another announcement, real fast, is um, this is going to be one of the last episodes. Uh, this I believe it's number episode number ten. We'll probably have a Christmas episode <coughs> coming up, and I'll try to have a guest on and talk about exorcism and demons, and uh, just for just for Christmas. But we're going to take a break after for a while and just kind of revamp things moving forward. And um, you know, I've I'm kind of don't like the intro of this podcast, and so we're going to change it. <laughs> so we're going to make a a lot of changes. And we're even going to do a lot of very forward things, like we're going to send messages to certain people that are in the paranormal community that are uh, celebs, that are doing things that are very wrong, and look for those episodes in the future. Um, <clears throat> for, well, get back, I was talking talking about, I want, I want to talk about real fast before we go into the partition of the mind, and I'll get into that in, in a moment. Uh, what happened today was very disturbing. Actually, it made me mad. And um, there was uh, there's this show out. It's very interesting, and I've already started helping one person on the show and giving that this person a lot of information. And I, I, I uh, this show is called Eli Roth's um, A Ghost Ruined My Life. <clears throat> you know, and you, you, it's a very, it's a decent show. And you watch the show and you listen to their stories. And as an exorcist, I totally know what's going on right away. And, and uh, so I, I make it a point to try to reach out to these people and see what I can do to help them. You know, see if they still have the spirit and give them some pointers to give them strength and so they're not afraid. Well, one particular lady, she had her episode, her name is Shannon Rogers. If you ever see that, see her, uh, see the show, go watch your episode and occasionally uh, it comes and it goes from what we talked about her and I a little bit. And I even asked her, I'm like, hey, you need some help? And we came, became friends on Facebook for a while, and uh, then the to, uh, today she came out with a post mentioning how things have started up again. That cabinet doors have been opening. She heard a loud scream or voice in her ear that kind of brought her to her attention. Stuff like that, you know, when this kind of stuff happens. This is just, uh, you know, I write about it in one of my books about how demons uh, torment people. And when I mentioned, like, uh, you ever heard the term, no rest for the wicked? Well, demons don't want you to rest. They want to try to um, break you down as much as possible. And when usually when something triggers triggers them, because they, they can go away, they're, you know, they're not really gone. They're just hiding away in your mind. That's where they go. They're hiding away in your subconscious mind. 
in that portion of a dissociative with the most pain. And they're sitting there. All the demons are sitting there that you have accumulated. And something happens, they'll come forward and they'll start doing stuff. Or you get really strong in your faith. You know, Christians can come under demonic possession. It happened to numerous people in history that were famous Christians. One person that really comes to my mind right now is Annalise Michelle. She had six demons and she was a proclaimed Christian. Real quick in that, <clears throat> that particular event what happens, Jesus owns your spirit, the soul and body the devil can attack. Plain and simple. So if you have had, um, you see, that also the other thing is, is generational curses, or if somebody cursed you, demons can pop up. You know, people think that <laughs> what really gets me, it really ticks me off, and what the paranormal community does, is that there is this warped perception that demonic possession or demonic haunts are rare. That is utter BS. It's not true. In fact, Jesus talked more about demons in the Bible than anything else. So it kind of puts things into perspective here. Demons are rampant upon the world today. They're rampant. And actually, the paranormal, what the paranormal community is doing today and the popularity of the paranormal and ghost hunting and all this actually proves that demonic activity is spiking up around the world. And the, and the, and the, and the, and the fact that exorcists are encountering the end time spirit known as the Jezebel spirit more today proves that we're in the end times. All of this. Because there is one thing that Jesus said to the demons and the demoniac and Gadarim that, that, that uh, you know, the, the, well, the demons asked Jesus was, have you come to torment us before the time? They know that there is an appointed time that they are there to be judged. And the, the, the amount of activity in the world that is arising and the appearance of the Jezebel spirit shows that we're in the end times. Just so, we, just so you know. And the amount of deception that the people in the paranormal community are putting themselves through believing that what they're dealing with is deceased loved ones or deceased people also shows the amount of, amount of the demonic deception that's going on. The amount of mediums. I mean, we have, we have people in the paranormal community proclaiming to be Christian, like Chip Coffee, for example, uh, a predominantly famous medium in the paranormal community, and <clears throat> posts up a lot of uh, verses and Christian stuff, and sometimes you hear it, see him wearing a cross and everything. Well, I got news for you, Chip. What, you, what you're doing is illegal to the Lord. 
and if you even asked me, hey, you know, if it, well, I mean, if there was a demonic spirit that was tormenting somebody, and you requested to work with me, I wouldn't work with you. I don't work with mediums because of what Leviticus tells us. Do not consult mediums or psychics. And I'm not going to do that. And I know from just my own experience, as somebody who used to be in the occult and did channel spirits and did have spirit guides, that those are demons. Those are demonship that you're talking to. And it's like another person who uh, does the same thing but goes a step further and calls himself a medium, channels spirits, and even proclaims a lot of Christian stuff is Chris Fleming. The same thing to you, Chris, is you can't do this kind of stuff and still call yourself a Christian. God doesn't want you to do that. And it's not a gift from God, guys. It's not. And I know that it's just from experience and 30, I mean, three decades of doing deliverance ministry. So, so anyway, um, the event that happened today is a good example of how to talk to spirits. <laughs> and I, I laugh at this because all the mannerisms and everything that this person was doing, Shannon, from uh, a ghost room at life, is that she was acting out specifically a lot of, even what she was describing, even the episode of a Jezebel spirit. So I went on and I said, hey, you know, I can help you after she posted that information about what was going on. I commented and I said, hey, I can help you. I can cast this out and you know, when you want to do that, and yada, 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 we can, I, I can help you. So, <clears throat> and she proceeded, uh, she asked me about, uh, like, if I was trained by the Catholic Church or something like that, and I said, no, I'm predominantly Protestant, and, but mainly, you know, I tell people that, but I'm really non-denominational, I'm, um, I'm a New Testament Christian. And then she came back with this weird response about if if it was like old time colonies or whatever that you know I would burn her at the stake, and I was just like, "What?" And so this really turned around and came upon me, and there was another person who commented something against me. And then she commented against something against me. I tried to explain how I could help. And so I kind of saw how, how she was being deceived by, the, by these demons, by this demon that, um, you know, that they, they really don't want anybody interfering. The Jezebel spirit will teach all kinds of false doctrine to the person that they possess and really warp the person's belief system. See this a quite, quite a bit in the paranormal community. And if you come against that belief system, look out, they start bashing. And that's what the Jezebel spirit does. And a lot of the pagans, the people in the 
the occult community, all this stuff, they use occult, occult items, crystals, Reiki, Ouija boards, witchcraft. Well, that's all part of the Jezebel spirit. She's behind all that stuff. So, I even went a step further, explained my position, <clears throat> got it got you know pretty much downtrodden, just really bashed. Couldn't believe what was going on. That I offered to help, was doing it as nicely as possible. And the guy even this guy he even said, "Hey, I, I'm going to pray for you." And I thought that was great. I knew he was coming against me, but I re responded, you know, "Hey, I'm going to pray for you." You know, I thanks. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you're going to pray for me. Please pray for me. This is a hard ministry. And I explained that to him. Deliverance is a difficult ministry to be in because there's a possibility of being attacked. And him and Shannon quoted from Acts about the sons of Sceva. A lot of people use that verse without even knowing what it means. I knew he didn't know what it meant. To come against exorcists. Had happened many times before. Really what it is, is if you have the Holy Spirit in you, demons are going to do what you say. They have no choice. That's the nice thing about this ministry. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, they're going to attack you. They can see it. And these sons of Sceva ran out naked because they, the spirit in this person ripped off their clothes. And of course, they, this person didn't know what that verse meant. And so I, I, I laughed a little bit, you know, just on the inside. <laughs> and then finally Shannon came, came back again and just totally came against me, yelling at me. Well, before that, I thought, okay, I'm going to end this and I'm just going to tell her, you know, the next th next time that this spirit acts up, tell it, because they were on the subject that of, of Acts, with the sons of Sceva, how the demons said, well, Jesus we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? Demons know you <laughs> as an exorcist because you're casting them out. And they talk amongst themselves. And they put a wanted poster of you, of your face, in hell. Well, so I proceeded to tell the Shannon, the next time this thing acts up, tell it, just say, hey, Greg says hello. Jezebel, hey, Greg says hello. And that usually stirs them up, especially if you know who they are. Well, I really got the Jezebel spirit riled up in her. And she came against me with this many paragraphs bashing me. And um, that's how you pretty much rile up a spirit in somebody. If you identify the spirit, don't be afraid to tell it its name. They'll come forward, they'll manifest. And whether she knew it or not, it manifested. And it came forward and yelled at me. 
through a post, through a comment. And they'll do that. <clears throat> so just so just for a little note on the side, for all you people in the paranormal community, when we debate, you want to debate against me on Facebook or social media, what have you, and you want to stir things up, I'm going to read your comments right here on the podcast and embarrass you in front of everybody. Because I know what's going on. I know the demons that are attached to you. And there's a reason why people have called me the scariest person in the paranormal. Because I can see your demons. And every paracon I've been to, I've seen the demons in people. So that's just a note on the side. <clears throat> so let's get to it. I'm going to talk to you about the partition in the mind. So I'm going to read some stuff from my newest book. A lot of people, um, you know, this, uh, this, this subject, the partition in the mind, will help to explain to a lot of people out there, including Christians and pastors who don't believe that Christians can be possessed, which they can, um, and people that believe that there is a rarity. You know, explain all of this. Or the reason why that de certain demons keep, keep coming back. I'll tell you real fast why why demons come and go or seem to be se seasonal. Now, if I remember cases I've been on where people describe it's like, man, it's just like you know when Christmas comes around, this thing just really gets active, and then afterwards it just calms right down almost to nothing. You know, a few months may go by or so, and boom, like Easter shows up, and it's just like, man, everything's active again. Why is that? Well, the reason for that is for one, just like that example, particular example, your faith is really coming forward, or the season itself just bothers the demonic so much that they gotta stir up havoc like a little kid. They're not getting much enough attention. They're not getting what they need, so they're going to try and rile enough up out of you uh, to get your attention to where they can draw energy off of you and exist more. And then they go away because something is happening in you to get stronger to be able to resist them. So they back off. And then something happens to you, inside of you, you can happen to have encountered a friend that's going through a big problem that brings you back to your childhood, to that particular event that they're anchored, anchored to, and boom, they pop up again. You know, it, could, it really could be any kind of trigger, event, or object, or thing that causes them to come back up again. So... And the partition in the mind helps also to explain um, a lot about uh, 
well, we'll get to this a little later. It actually leads up to it. Um, reading from my, from my book, <clears throat> A Partition in the Mind, Then said Jesus to those, those Jews which believed in him, If you continue in, in my word, then are, are you my disciples indeed? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you, make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How do you say, you, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say to you, Whosoever continues sin, and the servant of sin, or it continue, who, whoever, whosoever continues sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abides ever. The son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So, many of God's children are prisoners of war today, trapped in a sin, they are unable to break and placed in a situation that is contrary to will and word of God from which they are unable to escape. Whether it is alcoholism, drunkenness, the Bible talks, drugs, pornography, gluttony, profanity, wrath, which is temper, smoking and such, they find themselves caught and unable to get out. Many people around the world today find themselves in the addiction industry. That helps them to overcome their addiction and most find church doesn't solve their problems. They find that praying does not help them. What the, these people find themselves involved in is addiction. It ruins souls, destroys families, because most people find themselves caught. Even if this does not sound like you, there is someone among your circle of influence that is. The world's biblical definition of addiction is called stronghold. This is because Satan and his demons have a strong hold on the person, a powerful grip on the person of influence and temptation. First Peter chapter five verse eight says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking seeking whom he may devour. The devil and his demons roam the earth looking for prey among the human population and like a lion who has caught their prey in the grip of their claw, biting and tearing their prey apart. So do demons with addiction until their prey succumbs to them, closing their ultimate death or destruction of their family and friends. The Bible word stronghold is referring to the spiritual nature of the addiction. A stronghold is a spiritual based addiction <clears throat> that means if you try to fix 
and addictions with a uh, appropriate spiritual applications, you will be released from it because you have not dealt with the core issue that is behind it. I can write all, all day about various addictions, but the fact is they are all connected to one source. If you are in an addiction and want to stay, addic stay addicted, then every biblical truth about addiction is not going to change to help you go down the path you are pursuing. Who I am talking or who I am seeking are who I'm talking about is those who, who know they are caught in a sin. Do not want to be caught but want to get out of it because they are trapped. So an addiction, of course, like I was just talking about, is it's pretty much anything that a routine, a negative sin that you just keep doing repeatedly. You want to stop, but you can't. And it's another name, the biblical term is a stronghold. What we're referring to is the spiritual patterns of negative thought that have wrapped themselves like a snake around the mind. <coughs> Excuse me. Making themselves impossible to break of or fix because you feel handcuffed to it or it you that you're un, unchangeable to the word and will of God. Addictions can be small or less uh, a less consequence, but yet they have a way of growing and becoming out of control. What is most interesting about addictions is they have built them uh, gateway potential. And any military invasion, an army will survey the best possible beachhead to invade and once the beach is secure from the enemy from enemy attack they fortify it and uh, to be able to hold and build up troops and supplies for for the impending invasion people who have addictions feel as though they are a prisoner um, living in a tomb and cannot get out Rather than try to overcome the addiction, they instead make their addiction as pleasant as possible. Other people do what is called sin management and try to push their addiction down, performing acts of their addiction periodically. Most Christians and non-Christians can face addictions, but it is not within God's will for the Christian to have addictions and they must be delivered from them. The problem is with life and living in flesh, fleshly bodies that, is that they have desires. And it was well trained prior to when people become Christians. The problem for many Christians is once they become a child of God, their flesh sees the new way as an opportunity to show how strong it really is. 
Paul, the most spiritually strong person in the New Testament, was even subject to something that he could not shake. Romans chapter 7 verses 14 through 24, Paul said that he was going, he was doing things he did not want to do. In verse 18, Paul says, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good I find not. End quote. Like most Christians, Paul was struggling with his flesh and his salvation. And the two were not getting along. When Jesus rose Lazarus from the grave, Lazarus was bound. And like Paul, just because Paul had life didn't mean he was free. Paul goes on to say in verse 24, O wretched man that I, that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Paul knew if he could not win his struggle with his sin, addictive sin, that would whatever he, had, he was doing would bring him closer to death. Paul was living proof that you could be saved and set up for eternal life, but not be delivered. Paul said in verse 14 that he was sold under sin, or a slave to sin. And addiction is just that, forcing people into slavery. And when you are a slave to sin, you have a master, and Paul calls the master sin. In essence, when you sin and have an addictive sin, you have a sin master. Many phrases are given to addiction today that cause people to believe that they are a um, small mistake along the way in their life, but let us call it what it is. You have a sin master. Addiction is slavery. Be being under the whip of the mastery of sin. Addiction is a form of sin that has become mastered and performed within the entity of flesh. When we understand the cause of a stronghold or addiction, we can then be led to the cure. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 2 through 5 says, But I beseech you, that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we are, we walked according to the flesh. But though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare is not carnal, but mighty through God, and pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The problem with addiction is the imagination, which will 
will raise up something against the knowledge of God. In some translations of this verse, the word that is used in the combination, an ideal ambition, is the word lofty. The biblical meaning of the word lofty is exalted or spiritually high. But at the turn of the 15th century, also became known for the physical height. In the Greek translation of the word can be a synonym for a partition. You can enter a large room, but if you want to, want to divide the room so that people on one side are not being bothered by the people on the other side of the room, then you place what is called a partition down the middle of a portion of the room to create two rooms. The reason for a partition is so those people who are meeting on one side of the room do not cross over to the to bother the other people meeting on the other side of the room. What Paul is saying is the reason why we stay defeated is due to the partition in the mind. There is a blockage in the mind. Imaginary thoughts that are raised up out against the knowledge of God. What demons do to most people on the planet is they set up a partition of mind so that the truth of God cannot get through. No matter how much a person hears the word of God, the truth cannot get through because of that partition. This explains why Christians can come under possession of demons, but yet love the word, love, love the Lord God and his word and have received salvation. But yet demons are able to plague them day and night. <clears throat> so this partition in the mind so you see, like, just as I was talking to you about before, when a person becomes saved, Jesus owns the Spirit. And it's documented in a lot of exorcisms that deem, when the exorcist asks the, asks the demon, who owns the Spirit? And the demon will say, Jesus does. You know, when, it's, when confronted with the Holy Spirit and forced to say the truth. Jesus owns the Spirit. But... Demons can attack the body and the soul. And the soul contains the heart and the mind. And the heart is your emotions. And, uh, and in the mind, this is what happens, what demons do, is they set up shop. They form a partition. They use your imagination. They keep your addiction going. They, they continually to present those thoughts every time um, a pain boils up. And sometimes you don't even feel this pain. The pain, what they'll do is they'll mask the pain with your addiction. They'll make the your needs of your flesh come forward. So like if you're a smoker, you're an alcoholic. Oh, I'm just feeling depressed today, so I think I'm going to have a drink. Or I might have a smoke. Or I'm just going to go watch some pornography and I'll feel better about myself. 
They keep doing this. They use your emotions, your imagination to keep the addiction going. This is that partition. This is the stronghold. And as long as that they, they're able to do that through your subconscious mind, keep the repetition going because your subconscious mind, according to Carl Jung and a lot of other famous psychiatrists, is goes by routine. You see how it works is if you're the captain, you're the captain. Your conscious mind is the is the captain of the ship. Your subconscious mind is the entire ship, and everything runs because your conscious mind is telling the subconscious mind what to do. And so you go back, and it's going by that programming. So you go back to the helm, and you try to run the ship, but something goes wrong. Well, you got a partition in your mind. You got somebody else operating stuff in the background, your subconscious mind, and ruining things for you. Now, Christians, well, I see a lot of Christians go through this. They struggle with addiction. You got to get rid of those demons. They're there. And I'm, I'm telling you, and I'll, you know, for you pastors out there that are preaching that that. Christians can't come under demonic possession. You're teaching a false doctrine. That's well documented among a lot of exorcists. The majority of people seeking deliverance are Christians. They're going to the exorcists and they're seeking out deliverance. And so they can fulfill and live a fulfilled life that Christ wants them to live. So it's just like I tell you, it's a spiritual warfare. The enemy has set up a beachhead, they fortified it, and they own that ground. They own that ground in your mind. And they're, they're keeping that ground by keeping you doing the, the addiction. And a lot of people are like, well, I'm just going to have one last drink and that's it. And after a while, it just builds up and builds up. And until you can't take it anymore, and you gotta go have a drink, and you can't figure out why. There's something going on in the background that is keeping you addicted, and it's demons. The demons are there in the fortified background of the partition in the mind, holding their ground. The Holy Spirit, and you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit's there on the other side of the partition, but the, but the enemy has fortified themselves so well that they're holding that ground. And I've seen demons just hold on for dear life when I've come in to do an exorcism and help a person, and they're just holding on in the background. They're staying quiet. Come into a home, and things are just totally quiet because they're holding on in the background. They don't, they're afraid that if they make their appearance, they manifest and make their appearance there known, and I catch it, that I'm going to bring the Holy Spirit in and cast them out, counsel a person to help them get through their addictions, their pain, and heal any dissociatives that are in the mind. That's even part of that partition in the mind is the dissociative is part of it as well. 
it's really complicated tell you that, tell you that much and I went through a lot of training a lot of leading in the Holy Spirit um, so it's it is a difficult process and I, I really encourage if you want to be an exorcist to, to go find a mentor sit down watch them do do a few exorcisms so you know how to get the routine down and uh, but that's the partition in the mind and that just shows you just how a Christian can come under demonic possession if you're a pastor and you're counseling people because of addiction you've got to get into deliverance you've got to help that person get rid of their demons they have a demon if you have an addiction you have an ad have a demon I'm sorry to say that but you know you have something in the background that is ruining your life trying to break you down and they're waiting for and they're very patient they're gonna wait for an opportunity to be able to break you down even more so that they can ultimately have full control I can't remember the case but <clears throat> just after the the uh, uh, Rittenhouse case that was about there was a there was this guy that just was take took a van or a truck and was just plowing people down and if you see his picture in the news you see him wide-eyed and staring at the camera and that's usually the look that demons give and I guarantee you that, and I believe that there was something that said that he didn't remember a lot of what happened, that that demon did that. His demons came forward, borrowed the truck, and started plowing people down because they were having a great time. So, they're out there. And it is not rare, people. Demons, a demonic haunting, a demonic possession all this stuff is not rare it's out there you see it on the news all the time the Bible talks about how we have three enemies the devil our own flesh and the world and they all work in conjunction with each other the devil and his demons work hard to influence your flesh and your desires to make you do things that you don't want to do in the world and depending on your standing in the world if you're an executive to manipulate things out there in the world I mean we see it as Christians we see it in Hollywood quite a bit the material that they put out is just demonic and satanic and they they put out movies and they put the Lord's name in vain deliberately. Every movie that I've I've seen that's rated PG thirteen or rated R has takes the Lord's name in vain and drives me up a wall. And I mean it's just well known in the church community is like, oh great, what's what's Hollywood putting out now? Because what they put out is influencing people. Yes, I, I was an affiliate of the American Psychological Association. I read a lot of research. And yes, there are studies that show that people will mimic what other people do. They'll follow the flow. Uh, there's a study called the Bobo Doll Experiment, where a child was put in this room with a Bobo Doll. It's one of those that you hit and it pops back up. You go in, an adult walked into the room, started hitting the bobo doll. The child saw it. The adult left. 
What did the kid do? He started beating up the bobo doll. He wasn't doing that before, and several kids in the study were doing that. So we do things that we feel emotionally connect, connected to the doing. Even video games out there. Horror movies, demons will get and in, in infect you through, through the emotions that you bring up if you feel emotionally connected because that's really how demons connect to you is through your emotions. You know, one of the things that I, I ask people when I'm going through a counseling session before leading up to the exorcism is what is your biggest emotional pain? And then people start describing it. Everybody's got some sort of emotional pain. And that's where the demon is attached to. A lot of people think, well, it's just normal life to go about every day feeling how I am and everything. But you never stop and think, why can't I get anywhere in the world? Why does it seem like when I, I, am, I, I should be able to be so successful at something and I can't be successful? Why is it that people hate me? Why is it that when I talk to somebody, I get a different reaction? Why is it that this kind of thing always constantly keeps happening to, to me? It's because people, it's the world. The world is one of our enemies, that the Bible says. And, and demons are a part of that. The changing of society, the influence of your flesh, they're all out there in the unseen world, speaking, from the sh speaking to us from the shadows and influencing us. Finding a legal right to be able to enter your life and then influence you even more. To conduct things, to murder people, to rape people, we're all we're all victims, but we try our best not to listen to to the voices in our heads, and we fight it, fight against it. But sometimes people lose, and we need to get to those people right away who need help. And this is what is so important about the church today. As pastors, you need to evangelize. You need to have an evangelical ministry. You need to get your butt out on the street and open air preach and talk to people. Use the law and then the gospel. Use the way of the master method that is taught by Ray Comfort. I use it all the time, even in deliverance, to help that person cling on to Christ. And I'll tell you, that ticks demons off. Every time I use the law, they, they manifest, they come forward. But today, Christians are living in this, <clears throat> living in what's called comfort Christianity. I had a meeting last month with uh, Pastor and Claire and uh, talked to him about deliverance, and he quickly changed the subject. A lot of pastors today don't want to talk about deliverance. You know, people want to go to church. They want to sit and listen to you know, sing a couple of songs and listen to a sermon. And then go home to their family and, and do, do their job again. That's great. But the real work of the church is not in the pews. It's out there, in the world, out on the street. 
When you become a Christian, you are at war whether you like it or not. The devil hates you. You become a Christian, you're instantly at war against the God of this world, and that's the devil. He ruled this, he rules this world. It's evil, it's wicked, and it's all because of him and, him and his demons going around the world and influencing the world. The real work of the church is out there, not inside some, some, some building, it's out there and your church needs to have not even not just a worship team not just a sermon team to help you get prepare your sermon but you need to have an evangelist team going out and evangelizing the people and and a deliverance ministry because with those I mean you're at war and we need more, more soldiers out there. We need more exorcists. We need more people to be willing to stand up to the plate and <clears throat> tell the devil, look, I'm not living in Christ comfy Christianity anymore. I'm getting my butt out there. And I'm going to fight you. I'm going to knock you down. I'm going to win more souls for Christ. Because, you know, I can't do it alone. I have a single ministry myself and a few people that I work with. There needs to be more ministry ministries, more churches doing deliverance ministry or exorcism ministry, what have you, what, what do you want to call it? For cry out loud, Hollywood has got all these shows in the paranormal deceiving people folks believing that there are dead, the spirits of the dead in homes. When you and I in the church know that it's actually demonic, that those are actually demons in disguise. And I hate it, when I hate the term, when people get upset and they say, well, not everything can be demonic. Well, why not? Why do you believe that there are ghosts? Why do you believe that there are spirits of the dead in a home? Let me tell you this. The reason why it appears that there are spirits in a home is because the people of the past had demons but they also had dissociatives. And there are, and these dissociatives have the ability to, to leave an imprint in a home related to the events of the sins that happened there. There are five methods, five ways of a haunting. You know, one of them is summoning a demon. You can go into a home I've seen that in uh, places that have been abandoned where McCall practices were in there and, and home where the place was, was haunted. <clears throat> but one of the main things 
that is usually common in a haunted home is that there was a murder that, take to, that took place. Remember what I said before about demons are attached to emotions. There, in a murder, there's a lot of intense emotion that occurs. A murder in a home gives a demon the right to have free reign over that place. Another is torture. <coughs> Excuse me. In a lot of the asylums, a lot of prisons, there's torture that has occurred. Some homes, there has been torture that have occurred in places that are now haunted. A lot of emotion occurs in the intensity of a torture. And that again gives a demon the legal right to enter into that place and have free reign. They see the imprints that happen within that place and they mimic them so that with, and when anybody comes into that place they can mimic the things of the past so they can grab that person's attention and then get a legal right to come over you. And I've talked to a lot of exorcists a lot of us said, yeah, a lot of people from the paranormal community have come and asked us to cast out their demons. So why is it that people get so excited to go into a haunted home? I see it a lot. It's like, hey, does anybody want to go ghost hunting this weekend and go into this, this abandoned building? and check it out and people get excited and they want to run in there and they want to want that experience. I'll tell you why you're excited. And you're probably not going to like it. Ever since the events of, the, of Adam and Eve, see Adam and Eve before they ate the forbidden fruit had a connection, a relationship with a, a, a divine being and that was in the form of God. They were close to God. When they ate the forbidden fruit, they were separate from God. They were kicked out of the garden. And ever since, we've been trying to get back there. They even set up the tabernacle, which is a, a different kind of method to help to get back to the garden, to get connected to God. And then later on, the temple. And now we have Jesus Christ, the living temple. But mankind lost that kind of connection that Adam and Eve had. And ever since, we've been trying to have some sort of divine connection to some divine being. And I've had people come to me and say, yeah, I talk to angels quite a bit. And I guarantee you, you're not talking to angels. You're talking to demons. They like to disguise themselves as angels, too, to get your attention. And so that's why we've had false gods throughout all of history. The Greeks had gods, the Romans had gods, the Philistines had gods, the, the, the Phoenicians had gods, the, uh, the, the Syrians had gods, the Babylonians had gods, the Egyptians had gods. They wanted, mankind wanted that divine connection with something. 
We seek it so much because we have this inner void that we want to get filled. And then when we, we want to go ghost hunting, we go into a, a haunted home, that we, a place that we know is haunted, and we get excited to be able to get that kind of connection to something that we perceive that may be divine in some fashion. We don't know. So we got to try and figure it out, do the research real quick, try to figure it out and make our own assumptions so we can feel better about ourselves. And you know what? That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants to fill your void. He wants to come into your life. He wants to send a demon into your life. So he, be he can become your God. He can, he can perform the acts <clears throat> within your mind, within your temple, of the abomination of desolation and remove everything of God, including your, your, con your conscience. And I've had to put people's conscience back into their heads before deliverance. <clears throat> so they can accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You can do that through the law. And whether you, they, these people know it or not, they have some demons set, set up in their mind as their Lord and they don't know it. A lot of people these days go about their work, go about go to work, go about walking walking the earth, doing whatever they're doing, having demons and they don't even know it. Because this world is evil. My job is to go into your temple Go into your mind, clean out everything out of there that is ungodly, put the Ark of the Covenant back into your mind, which is the law, bring you to Christ through salvation, put the lampstand back up in there, and have it pierce the darkness, set you free. So if you're listening to this and you're part of the paranormal community, I urge you to stop ghost hunting. You know, in the past, I, I admit, I used paranormal investigators to try and gather evidence to have this objective diagnosis that I had. I didn't want to believe anything until there was evidence. Now I look back at all that and I'm like, I just feel bad for making people go into... To, to homes and investigate and, and get demons. Now there are people that I know that have ghost hunted so much and it just ruined their life. For some odd reason their personality changed but I know what's going on. And if that's happened to you, contact me. Don't ghost hunt. Don't go seeking to talk to the dead. Because you're going to bring, bring something home that is demonic. And you're going to have a hard time trying to get rid of it. You want to get rid of it? Contact me. I'm on Facebook. <clears throat> I'm on Twitter. You go, web, go to my website, gphaggart.com. I have a contact page there. Right, fill out the information. <clears throat> and and uh, I'll get it.
I'll contact you. We can set up a, a Zoom meeting, a Skype meeting, team meeting, what have you. And, uh, whoops, sorry, my laptop collapsed a little bit. But again, we can, we can uh, set up that kind of a meeting and, and uh, talk about it more. We can do some curse breaking. And yes, I can even talk to your demons virtually. Have them manifest through you right there. And I can have a chit chat with your demons with the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, come back to you and we can set up a plan to cast them out. You know, I know a lot of people in the paranormal community are there listening to this right now. They're like, what? You're going to talk to a person's demons right over the computer like that? That's crazy. you got to do it in person. No. Not with the power of God. You know, you're, you're, you're saying that kind of thing because you don't understand demons. And I, I listen to a lot of podcasts out there from people in the paranormal community, people that come on there and talk about demons, and I just laugh. And I can tell from a lot of you out there in the paranormal community that do that, talk, come on and talk about demons on other podcasts, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know, you don't do any kind of deliverance. And you know what, in the future podcasts, we're going to go through what the book of Revelation says about these exorcists and what's going to happen to them. You know, the book of Revelation says that there, there's going to be people that come to Christ and Jesus is going to look at them and they, they're going to say, well, we've done all of these kind of miracles and we've even cast out demons in your name. And Jesus is going to look at them and say, I never knew you. And I see a lot of these people in the paranormal community that are exorcists, claim to be exorcists, claim to be Christian. We're going to talk about one particular exorcist in, in Kentucky. And his church does gay marriages, which is totally unbiblical. Does exorcisms, and I really am afraid for him what's coming to him. And we're going to talk about one particular exorcist who has a companion, a partner, that is a medium. And I really fear for him also. So, um, yeah, we're going to go through the exorcists in the paranormal community. We're going to even send messages in future podcasts to certain people, celebs, in the paranormal community. And you know me. I met you. I've talked with you. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to apologize. I'm getting really bold with this podcast, and there's a lot of more, lot more bold stuff that's going to happen because we're in the end times. Just like I tell you, the, the end times spirit is here people, the Jezebel spirit, and exorcists are encountering the Jezebel spirit more and more. It is, I mean, I've dealt with the Jezebel spirit in the past, and the majority of the time she's there. 
And one of the demons, the, the main demon that she hides very well is Mammon. And uh, if you got that demon, watch out. So, okay, like once again, uh, thank you for listening. I hope this uh, a lot of these these teachings uh, really help you and your deliverance ministry that you're starting, or if you're uh, you know in possession of a demon, you think you have a demon. Um, this is uh, I hope this helps you too with this podcast. We're going to talk more about demonic possession and and future podcasts. Um, like I said, we're going to have one more podcast, uh, probably a, a Christmas special. And then uh, we'll see you next year. And uh, like I said, we're going to revamp things, uh, make things a little better. I know that some people have complained about the intro that I have. I apologize. <laughs> we'll make it simple. We'll make a lot of things simple, a lot easier, a lot of things to to be palatable. And uh, well, you know, we're going to have fun with this podcast. The truth needs to come out. Mainly why I'm, like I said, I'm doing this podcast is for you. Those who know or feel that they're uh, in possession of a demon or have a haunting. Or the Christians out there who want to become exorcists and have deliverance ministry and build one. I'm doing this for you. The other main thing is, is I'm exposing demons for what they do and everything. And like I said... The paranormal community is littered with Jezebel spirits. You come against anybody in the paranormal community for what they're doing, they're going to attack you. And that's what Jezebel does. Jezebel does not like you um, coming against what she's doing. She's really manipulating that community. She's really doing a number on that community. She is just having a field day. And with uh, a lot of confused people in the paranormal community, I mean, she's—I mean, I really feel bad for the people in the paranormal community. And you got to get out. I'm only in it because I'm evangelizing to the paranormal community, and they hate it. I know it. I know. I know. There's a lot of people out there that hate my guts in the paranormal community. That's because I'm telling you the truth. And Jesus even confirmed what you would be doing to me, that, you know, he, he told his followers that <clears throat> they will hate you because of me. And it's really the Jezebel spirit in you coming against me. That's all it is. So, I mean, I, you're, you're, you're a medium. You're channeling spirits, you're a psychic, you're doing Reiki, you're using the Ouija board, you're doing all kinds of aspects in the occult, paganism, guarantee you have the Jezebel spirit. Um, Jezebel spirit comes in many forms, Lilith, Ishtar, Isis, <coughs> Diana, um, Venus, Aphrodite, uh, Kali, they're all Jezebel spirits. They're all forms of the Jezebel spirit. And, 
Yeah, you got, you probably have, I mean, you're doing Egyptian magic, you got Isis. Um, you're doing uh, Ouija board, doing medium stuff, you got uh, Isabel or Ishtar, that kind of thing. It depends on your descent also. If you're of Greek descent, well, more than likely you have Diana in you. You're of Italian descent, well, I'm going to look for Venus or Aphrodite or something like that. You know, and um, really, really depends. Um, Jezebel really affects a lot of people that are, I mean, she's really, she's really the main spirit of the Jezebels. Lilith, she's really, she's really a lot stronger than the Jezebel spirit. I mean, she's a Jezebel spirit, but she is really strong. She's a lot stronger than Jezebel. Um, usually with Jezebel or Lilith, uh, Lucifer is not too far behind. And because you're doing the occult in the paranormal community, I guarantee you that you have Lucifer in the background as well. I'm just telling you this from experience as an exorcist. This is the truth. This is what you got. And if you're in the paranormal community and you want to get rid of these demons, contact me. If you don't believe it, contact me. You can join in on the exorcism. Exorcism, you can watch the demon manifest. You have a paracon and you want some exorcisms done at a paracon, contact me. I'll show up. We'll have private sessions with people. And uh, you, the people that put on these paracons, you can sit there and watch and watch the demon manifest before your eyes. I'm going to show you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not lying. So, okay, that's pretty much it. Um, glad that a lot of you had, hope you had, a lot of you had a great Thanksgiving. I uh, look forward to talking to you around Christmas. And, uh, just have, just be safe around these holidays and whatever you're doing. And, uh, future podcasts, we'll even go through some curse breaking. And I guarantee it, and during that podcast, you're going to feel something that you're not going to like. And if you feel it, you contact me. Alright. Have a great time and uh, Merry Christmas. been listening to the exorcist podcast a production of haggard enterprises 2021